This is Self Startup. Hi everyone, welcome back to Self Startup. This is a podcast that highlights small business owners, the self-employed and freelancers who have taken the plunge to create their own desirable lifestyle. My name is Andy Dowling. I'm also the host of the Andy Social Podcast. I play bass in the Australian metal band Lord, and I'm a dispute resolution specialist. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by searching at Andy Dowling, or you can go to selfstarter.com.au where you can learn more about yours truly and anything and everything to do with the self-employment world. This episode is with Andrew Coldwell of Cluewell Publications. Cluewell Publications develops a range of reading products to encourage positive reading attitudes and help parents and teachers track the progress of students with milestones along the way. The business was created by former school teachers and principals Stan Kluzek and Andrew Coldwell in 1998, and the name Cluewell Publications is a combination of both Stan and Andrew's surnames, which has unified them to a concept that was actually many years in the making. Since launch of the business, the Guys have seen consistent success, not only with impressive national sales, but they've launched fulfillment operations in both New Zealand and the UK. Despite all the growth, the business continues to operate from their location in Bendigo, where it all originally started. Since then, Stan's retired, and Andrew now has a new business partner who is helping to ensure that the business continues to grow and prosper. I caught up with Andrew to talk about how they first created these reading aids for students and how the idea sat with them for quite a number of years before the right set of circumstances presented themselves and they could take that step to launch the idea into a business. We spoke about the learn-as-you-go approach that they've had to take on and some of the earlier challenges of navigating their way through a new world removed from their teaching backgrounds. We also spoke about the growth overseas and how fulfillment deals have helped with that expansion. As always, you can get more information from this episode in the show notes over at selfstarter.com.au. You can also check out the business by going to cluewell.com. That's K-L-U-W-E-L-L.com. And as always, I'll have my key takeaways after this chat. But for now, please enjoy this really insightful and informative episode with Andrew Coldwell of Cluewell Publications. My name's Andrew Coldwell. Um, we, I have a business partner who I started the business with back in 1996 uh, when we formed a partnership. Um, prior to forming a partnership, though, we, we knew each other as neighbouring uh, at neighbouring schools uh, where both backgrounds are primary school teachers. And uh, my business partner's name is Stan Kluzak. Um, yeah, so we were head teachers at two small rural schools down in the Otways uh, near Colac. Um, anyway, during that time, uh, Stan and I uh, sort of came upon an idea to uh, help encourage kids to read at home. And uh, it was a pretty crude little uh sort of uh, way of doing it just on a bit of paper um, um, which we photocopied and um, anyway that seemed to work okay. Anyway, that's sort of how we we then started our business in 96 um, on the basis that we um, uh, managed to get a, a few schools who are interested in using an actual printed copy. Um, so uh, prior to that, though, we had tried to get uh, someone to publish 
our reading books, but uh, no one was interested. So I suppose, Andy, that's in a nutshell how we formed our business and um, how we became Cluewell Publications. My business partner's surname is Cluzac and mine is Coldwell. So we put the clue and the well together, and that's how we got clue well. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, a question, um, I mean, just going back to when you were both teaching and, and both in those uh, respective schools, what, I mean, what was the conversation like? Was there, was there something that you could see that there was a, a pain point or uh, a gap there that, uh, that sparked this idea? I mean, I know that you started with just sort of creating your own you know, bits of paper and, and some structure around it, but what, where did the inspiration come from? Well, that's an interesting uh, question, I suppose. Um, we've been using these sheets of paper, um, which was a very... Um, it's not a very engaging <clears throat> way of encouraging the kids to read. Um, and I had seen a, a little um, booklet, I suppose, that had been put together by someone at a school I visited. And I took that and basically we took that and just um, we redeveloped it to a lot higher level. Mm. Um, and... Um, I suppose we, we just saw a need, I suppose. Um, uh, we could see it was a way of including uh, tips for the parents to help with reading at home. And we added awards um, at every 25 nights the uh, kids read at home. And so that then became the incentive for the students Whereas just on a bit of paper, there was no incentive. It, it was just a very boring, mundane um, task. So I suppose we're, being teachers, we saw we just saw a, a way of encouraging the kids to become regular readers. And Andy, we, we never have been tr um, trying to teach reading as such. This this idea we had was purely to encourage the kids to become more engaged and want to read. And when when you started to develop on this idea, was was there a light bulb moment where you sort of thought, "Oh, this could be this could be a business. This could be something that we could we could create something on the side." Like we're we're both oh. teachers, or was it something that it was more of just the passion behind actually just wanting to have an impact, and then the uh, business side came later on. You're spot on there, Andy. There was a light bulb moment, um, Stan. Uh, came around. I remember we were on school holidays at Christmas. We both lived in Colac and um, he came around and he said, Andy, why don't we make a book for the year? Um, and at that stage, we both had Apple Mac computers just put into the school. Um, you know, they were disk drives. Uh, you know, you look back and we thought they were fantastic. Well, mm. just, you know, so I suppose you talk about IT. Um, that that really was the impetus to for us to put our little book together in a booklet form, which we could print off and then photocopy. So that was the light bulb idea, um, and so we produced that, and that's when we tried to get someone to publish it without success. Um, so from that, we just started using that with our own students. Um, and, you know, sort of we did get people saying, oh, gee, that's a good idea. Can we use that? You know, that sort of 
thing, and it just sort of grew a bit, I suppose. Yeah, I was just going to ask you about you know, the, the distribution of, of it and getting word out there. I mean, I'm assuming just from the relationship that you had just with your partnership there, um, that there would there must be, I guess, when there's you know, you've got a bunch of schools in the area, that there must be some sort of association or group with teachers that do get together semi regularly on you know and discuss different topics and and things like that. So was that sort of where, I guess, the the news about what you were both doing got out to a wider reach of people? No, Andy, it was actually it took quite a quite a while for that to really transpire. I um, I moved from Colac to another location. Um, I got a promotion as a you know, t- principal at a bigger school and that was in the Wimmera at a little school called Matawa Primary School. Um, so Stan and I kept in touch and we ended up, we developed three books um, over that time. So this was sort of um, in the late 80s, early 90s. At this stage, we still hadn't got it published, <laughs> and it was still pretty much just our own schools using this little book. Um, and then in '96, I got a promotion to Bendigo um, to a, a large school, not as a principal, as a, a, a leading teacher, and that's sort of where where we started our business. I, I basically guess. Um, from from my experience at larger school, um, at that stage, the Ministry of Education, because I was in the state system, um, they used to have a conference called the Early Years Conference. Um, it was very well attended by teachers from across Victoria. You know, they get a, you know, they could get four thousand teachers there. You know, quite a big, quite a big group. Anyway. At that uh, conference, I managed to get uh, my my principal let me have a stand at the conference, and we had a, these books on display, and um, we just gave them out, uh, photocopies of them, and we got a, a teacher's name, and I think we got about 150 names of teachers and their school name. Um, and then what Stan and I did we borrowed some money and we actually got our junior level one, um, which we would call your foundation grade one, two uh, focused level. Um, we got that printed in Bendigo and uh, I think we got about 3,000 copies printed and then we sent out a pretty rough sort of flyer we made up to those 150 teachers we had and from that in our we ended up uh selling 22,000 units <laughs> uh it was unbelievable I, I, I can tell you Andy it was a it was amazing because um you talk about Stan and I had no business background um we had no idea what we were doing really but we did think we had something that teachers wanted and I can tell you, I went down to the cash converters and I bought a phone fax answering machine. Okay. Yeah. We were renting, my wife and I had uh, three children, we were renting a house because we'd just moved to Bendigo. And the owner let me put in a uh, another phone line for the, the fax mm. <laughs> and phone and we had a, 
went down to cash converters, bought a phone fax answering machine for cheapest chips. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we did this mail out. And I came home uh, not long after we did that, and my wife said, oh, we, we got an order today. <laughs> um, and it was for 600 books. <laughs> uh, so, and we... And we didn't even have, and that was for all three levels, Andy, and, and we didn't even have all three levels printed. Oh, right. We only had the, the one level printed. So we had to go and borrow some more money and um, <laughs> get the other two printed. So it was pretty amazing. <laughs> I can tell you that first school, uh, I can still remember it vividly, um, uh, that order. So, um, yeah, it's amazing how we just started off very, uh, very green, I can tell you. Well, mm. I mean, in... It's always in hindsight that you start to see where all the links and, and how things sort of um, fell into place. But, you know, just listening to you explain, you know, those years from when you had this very rough version of, of the concept and just doing it yourselves because it's something that you feel is necessary and something that can add value to people um, that are in your respective schools. But then, you know, a couple of transfers later and, and more networking in a bigger school and then just happen to be in, a, in right place, right time. Um, exactly. And building this, you know, you've got this collection of contacts that you've built from, you know, this conference and then, and then just, you know, just everything just falls into place. And there's a, there's a, I mean, for me, the big thing that I see there is just patience. You've got this great idea and it's just, well, you know, you just, you just keep going and you just keep doing what you're doing and not getting frustrated. Oh, exactly. about it. And it, yeah, you just found the opportunity when it came. We just kept chipping away really. And, uh, I must admit, we never we never expected to go very far with this idea. I can tell you, we just thought if we can make a few extra dollars and keep teaching, now well, that's going to be fantastic. <laughs> um, but we had such rapid growth. Um, I think that first year we sold twenty two thousand units. The next year it was sixty thousand, and then the third year we sold a hundred thousand. So that that was the growth. It went really really off really quickly because there was nothing like it out there for for schools um so yeah well it was sort of the right spot the right time um yeah but i tell you what it was a learning experience uh <laughs> yeah you know, like uh we had no business ideas so um yeah we, we were very fortunate that we had a good idea and and it, and, it, and it did take off a question that I have around that, especially sort of being green to it all and just, I guess, just taking every step as it comes and just trying to work it out, trial and error. But, I mean, how did, how did the two of you, how did the two of you get together, uh, you know, on a regular basis and develop these things? I mean, you know, I look at the stuff that you're, you, you have available now and, you know, they look fantastic aesthetically. They've got great artwork. They there's structure to them. It looks really good. And obviously when you first started doing that, they probably didn't look anything like that. But, you know, how did the two of you sort of get together? Um, you know, did you have some sort of regular, where did you meet up? Was it just at one of your places? I mean, what, what did it look like to sort of chip away at this idea and, and slowly build on this content and build it and create it? Well, no, very good question because um, Stan was still living down in Colac. Uh, we were both teaching full-time still. Um, it, it, it was challenging. It was still hard, um, you know, trying to work full-time and run a business uh, was was difficult. Um, I suppose the initial 
our initial books that we produced were very raw, but we had the support of our local printer um, and the printer's wife did all the, um, the layout. She rejigged the layout to a lot higher level um, so that it could be printed. Uh, she was so keen and enthusiastic, uh, Judy, Judy Walker. Uh, unfortunately, Judy passed away about three years after we met her, um, mm. which was really sad, but she was a gorgeous lady. And then her husband, Daryl, still did our printing. Um, look, but the way it's progressed, we, we were so raw, we just used clip art. Um, and then I think I managed to get uh, Gary Clark, you know, the Swamp Cartoons. Yes. Um, I said to Stan, why don't we see if we can use his clip art? And uh, I went up to, uh, I think he lives up in Queensland, and um, he, he let us use his clip art and he charged $5 a graphic. I mean, it was, <laughs> he was so generous. Um, um, you know, it was quite funny um, how it sort of gave it a real lift, just mm. his graphics. Um, and then we moved on again. We kept trying to, about every three years, we'd try and come up with a new edition. So, yeah, we used to meet. We would talk. We took suggestions from teachers um, how to try and improve them. Um, so the main thing was trying to get them to look a lot more uh, appealing. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, you said yourself, you have a look now, they're a very high level of, um, uh, you know, the graphics are sensational. Um, now, that was probably the next big change. We did engage a guy, and he's a local guy from Castlemaine, who now lives in Bendigo, a fellow called John Vekin. And John's been doing our graphics now for over 10 years. Um, he, he's brilliant to work with. He's so easy, but he's very talented. And um, it's a credit to him, really. He's lifted what we've got to a really high level. And how did you find him? <laughs> just pure, pure luck. I had a young guy do some graphic works for me. He said, oh, you should you should try to get in touch with this fellow, John Vekin. Um, he, he might be able to do some work for you. So, look, it was really just word of mouth and mm. just rang John up and, um, yeah, look, that's sort of pretty much how it started. Um, yeah, so he's now done probably, like I say, over 10 years. He's probably done about... Oh, I'd say probably five editions for us, four or five editions. So yeah, we've had a long association. Um, it definitely helps. It definitely helps when you've got, I guess, you're surrounding <clears throat> yourself with people that have the expertise to be able to lift the, the concept or the idea to that next level. Because I think a lot of people get stuck in the the thought that they have to do everything themselves, and so then they think, well, I'm not good at art so I'm not going to bother pursuing oh, exactly. this and, and I can only write things out but then you know the successful people or the su successful businesses are the ones that understand what they're not good at and they find the people that uh, that can assist with uh, those particular those particular oh, spot on. Andy I think the other thing is it's about building relationships and um, you know being loyal um, so yeah we've developed a really good relationship with John um, we have uh, been working with uh, our printer at the moment who's also Bendigo-based for probably 15 years now. So, you know, after I mentioned uh, Judy, who did their original layout and stuff, and Daryl Walker, um, 
basically Daryl sold his business and we got approached by another printing company called Mulqueen Printers and they were brilliant and um, you know we we do uh, all our printing with them um, and you know so we're so lucky to have someone Bendigo based um, again where we've got a good relationship um, yeah so Is that you're a, right it's, well I was just going to say sort of really quickly is it or has it been important to have those local people there that are supporting in that way? Um, you know, because I know a lot of businesses that will look offshore and they'll look abroad or you know interstate yeah. and find um, people that can probably get you a better deal. But is there a, is there an added value of having somebody that's pretty? pretty oh, close certainly by? is. Oh, certainly. Um, well, they probably get sick of me going and knocking on their door and seeing them. I'm, I'm probably <laughs> at the printers. <laughs> I'm probably out there once a week at least, even in quiet times. Uh, um, look, the benefits are all our incidental printing. Um, you know, we know if we've got a job that needs to be done, they'll do it and they'll drop things to, you know, sort of accommodate us. Um, you know, it, it's really important, I think, um, that we don't have all our stock sitting on the floor here. It would be impossible. I mean, we sell a lot of these stuff, these books, and you just couldn't physically... You know, if you got them printed in China and had them sitting here, I'd need a, I'd need a pretty big warehouse to put them all. Mm. And then you've got the issues of, uh, you know, if there's an, uh, a problem with a print run or something, well, you know, China's a long way away. It still takes a long time for books to get here. Um, whereas, you know, we, we can get our stock delivered. You know, we have sort of a monthly print run. Um, but they just bring them as I need them, really. I say, look, can you deliver so many? And, and, and they will. You know, it's terrific. Um, yeah. I, I, I just think local is best as, if you can. Um, obviously, there might be some things that can't be done, and, and we actually have got one one uh, diary, which isn't a reading diary, but we do get one product printed in China because they simply can't do it. It's coil-bound. Mm. Um, but that's it. Every other bit of printing they do for us, and uh, yeah, it's terrific. That's great. I think it's. I mean, it's an important thing to consider because sometimes I think everyone's looking for the the cheapest option possible, and sometimes oh. that uh, can actually cost you more money in the long term just from the the extra challenges of of communication or just um, being too far away from from a problem that might might arise later on down the track. But having somebody close by and having that rapport and that relationship. They're going above and beyond for you. They're helping you out. But then, if there is a problem, then um, you can you can quickly jump onto it. No, exactly. Um, I, I can tell you, we did have you know we've had some issues, and look, they're so easy to work with. Uh, it's, it's nothing better than being able to jump in the car and you you know ten minutes away. It's it's fantastic. So, yeah, but again, it's been a journey, and um, I'm not sure how much further we can improve the print quality of what we've got. Um, yeah, so, but we, we, you were talking about IT and how it's impacted. Andy, uh, I, I just can't believe how much it's changed since we started our business. Um, you know, Stan, my business partner, did our first website. Um, you know what I mean? And did a terrific job. Um, and then, you know, it just became too complex and complicated when we had to get a shopping cart, you know, and, um, um, so forth. So our, our business has grown where it's required a lot more, um, too much. You just, 
you can't embrace the technology these days yourself. You, you do have to employ other people around you to, uh, to do a lot of that. Well, I was going to ask, um, I was going to ask about some of those, I guess, the, the growing pains or the challenges that you had, especially when you, you know, you printed X amount of books up for that first run and then suddenly your, your sales blew out and you had to go and get a whole bunch more printed. Um, <laughs> you know, some of those early challenges around that and managing that growth, but then also that transition into, you know, realizing, wow, there's a, there's an online marketplace here and we need to be, we need to be immersed in that as well as what we're doing beforehand as well. So, um, yeah, what, what were some of those challenges around that time? Uh, look, one, well, one of the, there's quite a few challenges. The first challenge was um, working from home. Uh, that was number one. Uh, keeping stock in the garage. Yep, okay. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, then we had to go to a storage shed and uh, keep stock there and so forth. Um, that, that was a bit of a challenge at the start. So... In the early days, it was from home, so we got to a stage where we, Stan and I, bought a a shed a, you know, in a light industrial area, which uh, has got you know big enough floor space. I think it's about twenty by twelve meters with you know, an office space. That made a huge difference because we could then have a lot more stock sitting here, not somewhere else. Um, so that that was a a great change. So yeah, that was a, a hurdle to get towards. Um, what's some of the other things? Well, I think just the the way, you know, um, computer-wise, when we started, we used to use, uh, I borrowed a friend's hard drive, for example. I didn't have, we didn't have the money to buy something. So a friend lent me a hard drive with a, a program called FileMaker Pro and that's how I made up our invoices. Um, you know, so thanks to my mate for uh, giving me his hard drive and, yeah. uh, and a software program. Um, and then, you know, we bought, bought uh, I think it was, you know, one of the first, those early, I think it was Reckon or QuickBooks or one of those sort of software programs. And that was a really good change. That certainly made things a lot easier. Um, you know, now, one of the other things Stan and I managed to do because he was in Colac and I was in Bendigo and sometimes it wasn't practical for us in uh, Bendigo to do all the packing and so forth. This is in our early days before we got the shed. Um, we set Stan up in Colac so he could actually operate the business himself mm. uh, down there and I just used to divert the phone our phone fax answering machine to his phone fax answering machine in Colac and he had stock and stuff down there and um, he could take all the orders and do the packing and so forth and get them shipped out from Colac. There you go. <laughs> so good, a good backup there. So you got two... It was a good backup. Yeah, you got two and, um, Yeah, that's right. Um, so in those early days, the first few years, I think about three to five years, we, we did it pretty much ourselves. And then we ended up, we employed a person on a casual basis. Um, she was a mum from uh, uh, some of the kids I used to teach at uh, the school I was at. And uh, she and her husband had both lived in Colac and Stan knew, knew them as well. So um, Jenny started working for us on a casual basis and took uh, just took all the pressure off. Yeah, you know, I mean that made a huge difference. 
Um, was it ever hard to to bring more people in? Just um, I don't I don't know what you're both like from your personalities, but um, you know, one one challenge that I've always had personally is to get other people involved because I like to have my hands in everything. I like to I like to have a sense of control, <laughs> and so it's hard to let go of things. And maybe there's a bit of a trust factor there as well. But was was there any challenges around bringing somebody else into something that you'd both created and were quite passionate about, or was it just something that was absolutely needed and you just you were excited to get someone on board? Um, well, I suppose Jenny's. You know, when we first got uh, some assistance there. Uh, Jenny's role was, you know, answering the phone, uh, processing orders and, you know, picking and packing and getting the orders out. So that really took a lot of the pressure off mm. and, you know, um, enabled enabled us to do other things, I suppose. That's, that's what it sort of led to. Mm. Um, and I suppose because the business went through such rapid growth, uh, I ended up, I resigned from teaching and just went full time in the business and enabled enabled us to start uh, extending our range of products and and try to improve them so and and work on extending our market so that was that was the next challenge um <laughs> funny uh, that just reminded me um we used to do all our mail outs put them together ourselves and you know, we'd get the kids and they'd insert them in the envelopes and we'd print the labels and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> oh, it takes ages. Well, eventually, um, oh, I got Jack at that and said, let's let's employ someone. So there's quite a few, you know, there's some other industrious sort of types uh, who have set up those sorts of industries and um, we've dealt with a couple of companies and we now deal with one in Bendigo, once again, have got a very good relationship with. Uh, they do all that sort of stuff, so we don't have to worry about doing the um, doing the mailings because we do. I think there's about uh, seven and a half thousand primary schools across Australia. We do a mail out to every year. Wow! Um, so we don't have to worry about sticking them in envelopes. Uh, you, you'd have stuff everywhere. Oh, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I could, I could, I could imagine the excitement when you're first doing it for like the very first time because it's. You know, you, you, the potential's there. You can't wait for to get, you know, potentially responses back from different people just from the information that you're giving. But after a while, I, I couldn't, I couldn't think of anything worse. And especially if you're getting to seven and a half thousand, that's a, that's a lot of envelopes and a lot of stickers and a lot of, uh, a lot of sore fingers after a while of <laughs> sticking things on. Oh, they're the set there. up. I mean, they've got, they've got equipment and stuff too, but yeah. they still do a lot of it by hand and, uh, yeah. No, they're skilled at that. I wouldn't say I was skilled at it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the things that you 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 just touched on before, and and something that I, I looked at when I was on on the website is the business has expanded, and you've you've got uh, operations or something set up in New Zealand and also the UK as well. So, what was that transition like, and where where did the idea come from? That you know, obviously, there's some success here in Australia, and you, you're doing quite well. Um, where did the idea come about where you thought, well, let's see if we can take this abroad and, and geez, I mean, that just seems like a daunting, daunting thing to take on. Uh, exactly. Um, look, I think the first, uh, we thought, look, we've got a really good product. This is, this is selling really well. Um, uh, look, let's, let's have a look at some overseas markets. So we, we thought New Zealand immediately, um, because, uh, 
Now, Australia uses, uh, well, Mari Clay, she's done developed this root and recovery program, which focuses on um, children in grade one whose reading levels aren't up to where they should be. So she was the guru who developed this program and, and it lifts the kids to uh, back up to a high level so that they can, um, they don't miss, I suppose, um, miss and they can then move forward and be confident readers. Um, so it's a very intensive one-on-one -on -one sort of program that the kids involved in until they reach a certain level. And it's only in grade one. But anyway, so the long and short of it is there's been this long association where teachers in Australia were familiar with the work that she had done uh, and had embraced that in uh, our own schools. And we thought, well, here's an opportunity. We've got a, a good um, idea that promotes reading and um, you know, it's a Commonwealth country. So <laughs> we set up some meetings um, and just flew over and we tried to build a market there. We tried to get uh, some companies to take our product on board and again we had no luck. <laughs> it was a bit like trying to find a printer. We, yeah, we had no on. luck. And so I, I, I think we did some work with Austrade. Um, and they recommended a fulfilment company. Um, are you familiar with what fulfilment companies do? Well, a little bit, but do you want to explain it? Okay, well, the, the nuts of bolts of a fulfilment company is they basically act on your behalf. So a customer would essentially or can think that uh, you are, are them. Does that sound, I said that right? So, a school, in our case, a school, um, would ring them up and they answer it as Cluewell Publications. Uh, they can take an order. They've got stock over there that we've sent and they will do the pick and pack. They will send it out and they will receive the money and they can bank it for you. Um, so the whole process is basically removed from yourselves to them acting on your behalf. Um, and look, it was brilliant because it enabled us to do our mail out still, and uh, which they, they could organise, and then the orders start rolling in. So it was just a matter of us making sure we had stock and our marketing material organised. Um, so then, of course, we started... Uh, started into exporting which was another another interesting phase because again we had we had little knowledge of what to do and uh, I can tell you that was a, a learning experience too um, we sent our first we sent our first pallets of books across I think uh, I don't know how they got across unscathed because uh, we didn't have them shrink wrapped very well or even strapped or oh, I tell you Andy uh, that <laughs> We're a lot slicker unit now, uh, but anyway, they got across and we got them out, and sales have been rolling in. And I think I did write a little. I think we started in New Zealand um, in 2002. Hmm. So, uh, and uh, New Zealand schools have have been great users of our reading journals. And uh, working with a fulfilment company, we now are with another company who. Uh, we've had a long association with 
Look, they do a fantastic job and I'm constantly on the phone, not constantly, but we know we can ring and if there's any issues, they follow them up for us. Um, it, it works It works very well for us. The The concept of, of a fulfilment company, it can be quite exciting for, for businesses because... Yes, I mean, no doubt they they, they take a, a nice nice cut out of uh, what they do, or what, you know the the volume that they sell, or the, you know maybe there's a fixed fee depending on what the agreement is. But you know you might be making less per per unit, but potentially in the long run you're probably just making the same, or if not, you're actually making more because your overheads go down, your time invested. They're taking a lot of that weight off off your shoulders by oh, managing all that right. stuff. So. While you might upfront see, well, actually, our cost per unit um, is a little bit less than what we're selling it in Australia, but you know, all the other stuff, all the stuff that can't be measured straight away, um, down the track, it actually balances out, and you probably get you know far better deal because you're dealing with somebody that's abroad, and there's so many extra challenges involved. So um, it's it's something that probably a lot of people upfront would probably think, oh. I'm going to lose a bit of control here, and I don't. I don't. My profit margins aren't going to be the same, but it it actually would probably work out quite well. Oh, look, I reckon it's a fantastic, um, a fantastic way to do business. Um, and again, you know, if you've got a good relationship, um, and you, you know, it's a trust trust relationship. Again, um, yeah, it's. It, I mean, look, it's been brilliant for us, and we have, like you say, now flowed into. The UK, and we've we've even endeavoured to have a go in the US, which has been um, that's been another experience, a pretty unsuccessful experience. But mm. we've had a lot of good trips out of it, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. <laughs> um, but look, just one thing I haven't touched on, mm. um, which one thing that we our business has ended up we've ended up um, dealing a lot with. Um, I'm not sure what you'd call it, resellers or school suppliers. Yes. Um, in Australia, that's probably 70% of our market is through school suppliers or resellers. So that means only 30% of our business is where they, where we have schools coming directly to us. Mm. So, and of course, we have to offer a discount. Um, so it's interesting because back in our very first year when we started, you know, we sold those 22,000 units. We started getting calls from, you know, these resellers. Oh, so, you know, look, uh, can you give us a discount? What discount do you give? You go, well, what discount? We don't give discounts. <laughs> 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 I can tell you that that was uh, another learning experience. So, you know, we went from no discounts to where we had to set up some sort of a discount structure. Um, and we got some advice and help from a, a fellow there who, who used to run a a, a a business in Ballarat and he'd retired. And he's, I rang him and he came along and gave us some advice. It was fantastic. Um, yeah, so while while in New Zealand we do, uh, you know, you're paying the fulfilment company for their service, we're actually not paying any discount to resellers. Right. So, you know, in some ways it's balanced out a little bit. So, uh, but uh, look, it's a it's a really wonderful. Oh, I would recommend it to any business if they've got something they think they can sell overseas. It, it rather than trying to set up your own um, location, I mean, it's just impossible. You've got too many hurdles to cross there. Um, yeah, so it's a it's a really good way to go. And and just touching on the uh, the resellers because I'm just trying to draw a parallel with 
some of some of my experience in the music world because with um you know we've always been a, a do-it-yourself band and so we've been an independent operation and we've always sort of taken pride in that we've done quite well because i think you know we've we have a lot more control and and uh you know there's not as many middlemen taking cuts out of what we do as well so that always oh. helps but the yeah. the reselling apps aspect it's probably very similar to what we've done where we sell our product at what we would class and i'm using the inverted commas that the wholesale rate um and sell bulk to you know a, a third party somewhere else, like a, a music store or somewhere overseas, yes. and then they can sell it at a profit and make make their money off it. So yes, we would do like a bulk discount for somebody, and you know we went through that first. And when you mentioned it, it just it threw me back a few years because I remember the same sort of feelings where somebody would approach <laughs> us and say, "Well, we want to buy X amount of copies of this product." Um, what, what deal can you do? And we're like, well, it's, it's the price on the website or it's the price that we advertise. Like, that's it, mate. <laughs> but then you sort of realize, oh, well, there's so many advantages of people that buy in bulk because yes, okay, your, your margin goes down, but the volume goes through. And then obviously, you know, having that product out there in the public domain through their own marketing, their own distribution as well, then no doubt just brings further attention back to what you're doing and creates more opportunities as well. So it's almost like, you know, uh, a form of marketing, you're taking a bit of a cut, but somebody else is doing a lot of the hard yards for you. Oh, too right. Uh, look, the, and the big thing for us, if we actually had to process all the orders ourselves oh, yeah. <laughs> at the schools, uh, well, you know, you'd have to go and get a bigger warehouse, you'd be employing more people to do the packing, and, you know, I mean, it's all those other sort of complications. So, um, you know, and the schools, at the end of the day, the schools like to get their book packs if you like you know where they're all you know, the parents can pick them up um so these organizations do all that sort of stuff and right. um but, uh, yeah it's uh it's uh interesting you know there's probably many parallels i suppose as you say <laughs> when you're in your own business now, one thing you mentioned one one of the real positives is with your own business is your own boss um you know really it's up to you what what happens, isn't it, really? And um, I think that's one of the other fantastic benefits of being in a small business. Um, yeah. It is. And, uh, you know, as daunting as it can can be because, you know, you you suffer the consequences of your actions, um, but that, you know, obviously there's a big positive to that as well. And the energy that you put in is, is what you get back as well. And um, there's a lot of, I guess there's a lot of self-development opportunities along the way where you sort of learn a lot about yourself as, as you uh, try and tackle on these new, these new challenges. Well, Andy, I, I, one thing I would say, though, I think also being a small business, we haven't been afraid to seek help. And um, we, we've had a few grants through Small Business Victoria where we've had um, been able to do a review of our business and uh, like particularly in our marketing area. And then uh, a company will do a review and then come up with some recommendations about how we can improve things. So it's not like we've dreamed up everything ourselves, but the product, um, yeah, we haven't changed that. The the basic concept hasn't changed, you know what I mean? Mm. But it's just trying to keep improving, keep improving, um, and, yeah, and, and being prepared to listen and learn from everyone around you. Well, that goes into probably the last part that I was going to talk to you about as well. Given, I guess, the 
the journey and the path that the business has been on and all these different uh, you know, chapters of building the business and, and having the business grow, I mean, where, where does it sit now and where does it go in the future? And, and yes, the product hasn't changed, I guess, dramatically in what it was or what it has been as far as the concept. Um, but, you know, what are the opportunities in the, in the future? Where, where does the business sort of look to now, especially with, you know, a lot of the e-commerce stuff and a lot of, you know, online sales, um, you know, and a lot of people, I think, um, there's a bit of a myth for a small period of time there about books, you know, the, the tangible book being phased out and everything mm-hmm. going digital and everybody, you know, especially with schools now, they've got their laptops and their their devices that they're learning off. But I I don't know. I think there's, there's still a bit of a myth around that. I don't think it's completely uh, changed. <laughs> but, um, you know, are there thoughts about, you know, a lot more digitized, you know, material uh, or things like that? Uh, no, you're, you're absolutely spot on again. Um it's something we probably have always tried to avoid um, going down that digital path, but we did engage a um, another local company here in Bendigo, a marketing company, and um, this company, really one of the things they said in their review, look, you've got to get on board this, uh, you're, you're going to miss the boat, you've got a good product, but you know, you've, you've got to have it in a digital sort of format as well. Mm. Um, so we've been endeavouring to get an, an app built, uh, a web-based app, um, which basically would have the reading diary on, on the app and the kids could record their reading um, using any device, you know, your phone or, or whatever. Um, and one of, the real, one of the real pluses of what we're getting designed is that a teacher can log on to their own portal they'll be able to see all their students' names, how many nights they've read for the week, how many for the year. They can view their comments and they'll be able to send a message. <laughs> um, Love it. So that, that is going to be really, really exciting. And we're, we're nearly there. We've got, keep saying, we've been working this for about three and a half years. <laughs> uh, well, not that we've been working on it, but, you know, um, we've got a company we've contracted and... Uh, They've sort of subcontracted out app builders and not people. That's been a that has been a learning curve also. Mm. But we're nearly there, and that is also very exciting because that opens up. Like I think it opens up a lot of potential overseas. And um, one of the other things it does, our sales in our reading books are really big in the lower end. So where you get a lot of um, I think the parents really they put a lot of focus into getting their kids to want to want you know helping reading in uh, and they start uh, in their foundation grade one and two years and then I think the support tends to wane a little bit mm-hmm. um, so with this app we're hoping that um, the older kids grade threes to grade six um, they might embrace uh, or schools might embrace it a bit more if they've got access to uh, recording their reading on an app. And I think that would be pretty exciting for the older kids also. Um, so, you know, because they're a bit more independent, yeah. whereas I think the, the younger younger kids, I, I just I, I just struggle with the younger kids. I like the idea of being able to sit at home with your, you know, your daughter or son and, or friends, you know, whatever, and sit in a quiet spot with a book and read with them and enjoy that uh, time, make it a really engaging, fun experience. Um, for me, 
I, I think that's pretty critical too. So it'd be nice if we can have that mix, Andy. Um, well, it's, I mean, you've, you've developed and you've got the, you've got the, the base of that whole concept of what you just explained there, where, you know, the, the, the interaction and the, the in-person face-to-face value of, of learning in general, and you've got, you've got a product and, and, and something that's been created around that. And now to be able to develop off the, like piggyback off the back of that, where you're, you're providing an option for that next segment of people. And also, I mean, just from what you said, like having somebody like a teacher being able to log in and be able to track the progress as well, then you're almost creating a service for the teacher in addition to the child that's learning as well. So it's quite exciting. And, and I mean, I'm just, just from my own, my own personality, I love, I love tracking progress, you know, and um, you know, if <laughs> I, even as a kid, if I could, I mean, and I don't know exactly what it would look like, but even from a kid's point of view, if you can see what you're doing and you can see your progress somewhat, um, there's something exciting to that because you can see that there's something building, there's something growing and, and yes, you're learning and you're enjoying the process of learning, but you're also enjoying the process of that feedback and seeing the progression there as well. And I think that might tap into some of those older kids um, that just want, they're looking for the result as well as the actual experience while they're reading. Yes. Yes. Well, that's one of the, uh, one of the aspects of the app. Um, we've, we call it our reader cater. Um, that's Stan, that was Stan's, uh, he had a brainwave out mowing the lawns one day and, uh, <laughs> We, we used to have what we called a readometer, yep. um, you know, where it's sort of you could colour in the kids' progress. So uh, I don't even know whether we've touched on what, what our books are actually, how they work, I suppose, but um, uh, when they read at home that night, if they read, you go up, you know, another night's reading. So um, we used to have the readometer, which you could colour in. So, you know, you might get to 200 nights for the year. Well, that's, that's a fantastic effort. Mm. Anyway, we couldn't – we tried to trademark that, and uh, someone's already done it. So yeah. Stan had this brainwave, Redicator. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we've trademarked it. So there you go. So uh, we now have our Redicator. And that will be on the app also. Fantastic. So when the kids, you know, they get their nights reading, it'll go up another night on a like a – Looks like a thermometer, basically, I suppose, but mm. and it bubbles away, and the kids can see their progress immediately. <laughs> oh, I think I think it's fantastic. It's a great. <laughs> I mean, I, I love how the idea came from uh, mowing the lawn, but it's uh, <laughs> but it's a great idea to to be able to you know you've you've branded it, you've you've created a brand around that concept, and and now you've you know, obviously you've got that um, secured. But um, I think you know. I think I think people in general, whether it be a kid or, or an adult, um, I think there's something that comes off seeing progress and seeing results and seeing the outcome of of whatever has been put in that effort. And so, to be able to track something is can be quite powerful for for kids because you know they're coloring something in, or you know, now from a digital point of view can see, as you mentioned, like a thermometer, you know, changing and increasing. So it's um it it will encourage something in the back of their mind to, to want to, to continue doing what they're doing. No, you're absolutely spot on again, Andy. I was just thinking, um, I've had, uh, I've got quite a few nieces and nephews and, um, uh, who've had, they've now got children themselves. 
and they're starting to use our reading diaries in whatever school because they're sort of scattered around Australia a bit. And that's been a real buzz. <laughs> yeah. Who would have thought? It's, it is exciting. <laughs> See, absolutely incredible. Well, be, be a bit like you if you've got a, you know, one of your songs and uh, you know someone hears it and they think, ah, oh, gee, that's awesome, and, and they they know who's who sings it, and uh, yes, you come across people and really like what you do. Um, yeah, but you do get a bit of a buzz out of it. Oh, and it's a nice it's a nice little moment to sort of reflect and 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 realise you know all of that all that time and and energy and and all, especially all the more challenging periods of time where you know you probably have second guessed some of the decisions that you've made along the way and then to see to see the results of all that hard work um, is is pretty incredible. Ah, uh, yep, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well. I think that's. Uh, I think that's. A, uh, we'll leave it on a high note. I think that's absolutely fantastic, and uh, I'm curious to see what the future is going to bring. And when that app comes out, you'll have to let me know, and I'll I'll uh, I'll update all the all the show notes on the website as well, and make sure people hear about it. But um, it's a fantastic story, and I think it's just um, there's there's quite a few things that um, I've certainly got out of this where. Um, it just draws parallels, as I said before, with with other people in other industries that are that are doing their own business, and um, you know a lot of it. And the reassuring part of it is, and you mentioned earlier in the chat, was just both of you not having any experience in you know running a business or creating a business, and just running with the the energy of just having something that you're passionate about and something that you believe in, and just everything just falling into place when <laughs> in time. Yeah. Hey, look, before we go, I do need to say one other thing, though, because Stan, my business partner, did retire at the start of last year, and I've now got a new business partner. Um, she's a lot younger than I am, but she's really embraced our business. She's, you know, her own background's teaching, and, you know, she's got four children. Um, but she's really taken on the social media aspect of, uh, you know, our business, um, which I've got no idea about. <laughs> um and look, she's doing a fantastic job there, and and you know she's quickly come on board and understands uh, the nuances of the business and so forth. But she's been a fantastic inclusion, and uh, you know I've got a lady in the office who works brilliantly, and you know I think we're we're very lucky, uh, very lucky, Andy. So thanks for uh, sharing um, sharing my letting me share my story with you, and um, thanks very much. Thank you, everyone. Hope you enjoyed that chat with Andrew from Cluewell Publications. If you want to learn more about the business, you can go to cluewell.com or you can go to the show notes over at selfstarter.com.au where I'll put all the links to Andrew and the business in the show notes, including my key takeaways. Now, I got four key takeaways from this chat with Andrew. And as always, you know the drill. If I miss something or you got something slightly different from this episode, please let me know. Shoot a message through any of the social media platforms by searching at Andy Dowling, or you can leave a comment in the show notes over at selfstarter.com.au. However, here we go. Number one, patience. Great ideas sometimes take time. The reading aids were an idea that Stan and Andrew had in the 80s, but it wasn't until the mid-90s when the idea went from a small creation to a widespread commercial product. The guys kept busy throughout the years. However, they never let the idea go. Through patience and continuously talking about it, it was only a matter of time when the right set of circumstances opened up to seize the opportunity to really commercialize this product. Number two, go pre-loved and get started. Andrew went to cash converters to get his first bits of office equipment to help get the business started. Now, I get it. 
cash converse might not be your immediate go-to these days, but think about the second-hand market for office equipment and technology, especially through online market hubs. An unwanted present, a hardly used item, or even a factory second option could give you an affordable jump when getting your business started and getting it up and running. Number three, the power of local help. Andrew and Stan use local printers in Bendigo to help get their orders out across the country. They could have outsourced this to a cheaper option overseas straight away. However, by having a local arrangement, they were closer to the action. They could communicate easier. They could build rapport. They could intervene and assist if there was ever a crisis. Who do you know in the area that runs their own business that might go above and beyond for you? Number four, fulfillment options. Going abroad can be a really daunting process. However, the fulfillment option for Andrew took a lot of that hassle and stress out of having to physically do the legwork in a completely new market. Sure, you might get a smaller margin from your sales, but the save time and resources, it might actually balance out or tip in your favor long-term if the volume's considerable. If you're dealing with print or a product, that could be produced elsewhere. Maybe a fulfillment deal could assist you with tapping into a new territory. And that's it, folks. Those are my key takeaways from this chat with Andrew Colwell of Cluewell Publications. Now, if you want to reach out to me, you can do so via any of the social media channels, or you can leave messages all over the Self-Starter website by going to selfstarter.com.au. But for now, that's it. That's another episode in the bag. Thank you so much for the ongoing support. Thank you for the guest recommendations. I've really, really appreciated all that great feedback that you've been giving. I've, have, I've got some amazing guests coming up in the upcoming weeks, some great stories, some great information, and hopefully things that will continue to help you all on your self-employment journey. But until then, folks, please take care. Keep moving forward. Keep chipping away at those bigger goals, and we'll speak soon. Ta-ta. Larry. Larry, please.